You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the Gastroenteritis Blues uh, for another week. I am Steve Lippman. I'm with Dan Volpone and Emily Anderson. Hi, everyone. How are you? Emily, you start. Hi, guys. Um, I'm good. Just patiently, anxiously waiting for this birds game tonight. We'll see how it goes. Yes. Uh, Dan, what about you? Are you going to watch? Or yeah. I know you have a lot of work to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch and, uh, you know, I'm not going to put – I'm going to make an effort – We'll see if it happens to not get too into it because I don't think they'll win. Well, you know, I think that they're going to win because there's no reason they should win. And this is like the exact dumb game that they would win and make us like keep paying attention to them for longer. Uh, Lead the division. Yeah, exactly. Like we're recording this at five o'clock on Sunday and uh, Dallas just lost. So if the Eagles do win, by the time you guys hear this, it will have already happened, but the Eagles would lead the division. And it's just sort of gross and embarrassing. Speaking of gross and embarrassing, the Sixers uh, are back in action. Uh, they what a transition! Actually, thank you very much. Oh, that was really good. Thank you so much. Um, last week, the last time we talked, this was not even a possibility because Doc Rivers was still the coach of the Clippers. One week later, not only is he no longer the Clippers coach, he is the Sixers coach. I'd like to get your reactions uh, to Doc being the new coach. It's wild, Dan. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't my top choice necessarily, but he wasn't like any kind of like disaster choice. So I feel fine about it. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do with the with the roster as in like put on here than, you know, what he does with who's still here on the court. So I'm kind of just excited for like a fresh start to see what happens because it feels, you know, regardless of who came in, it, it kind of feels like anything can happen now so looking forward yeah. to it what do you think emily yeah it's really insane that it wasn't even a possibility one week ago which really shows how fast this process was that is, makes me really confident they did a lot of due diligence in this uh <laughs> search but outside of that um i'm excited for it i think doc is like well respected around the league i think the players will have respect for him and I think maybe he'll bring that accountability that everyone's looking for uh, to the team and we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's sort of hard to like, I don't think there was one perfect candidate. Like I liked Lou and I really would have been fine with all, any of the three of them. Like I would have talked myself into any of them. It sounds like from what the reporters are saying that 
it would have been D'Antoni if Doc didn't become available and then they didn't start talking. And um, they said that uh, Doc watched, uh, I think, game one of the finals with the Sixers owners. And I think it's Matt Carey on Twitter uh, tweeted that, like, if, if Doc Rivers has to watch a full basketball game with Josh Harris, he's gone by the next day. Um, and I thought the same thing. What would be, more, what would be worse than watching anything with Josh Harris? Um, but anyway, I think Doc is really cool. He's, like, been around forever, and everybody seems to like and respect him. And, uh, I, I, you know, he's had a lot of success. He's definitely blown 3-1 leads, with people, which people talk about. But Tom Haverstraw had something recently where he sort of rebutted that, and he said that it's, like, an easy thing for people to point to in, like, social media and, like, to dunk on them. But Doc's never been swept. Like, Greg Popovich has been swept four times. Budenholz has been swept three times. Like, it's just the, the way that that stacks up, it, it seems like it just gets talked about in a different way. Um, Doc is very much at the forefront of a lot of the, like, uh, Black Lives Matter stuff as it relates to the NBA, which is super cool. Uh, there really aren't enough black coaches, and, and uh, I'm happy that we will now be represented by one and, and – uh, it's cool. Like, I, who knows what's going to happen? I really don't think the Sixers win a championship unless Embiid and Simmons improve anyway. So that's what it comes down to. And like, if if this is the guy, then great. You know, I'm I'm happy to root for Doc, and uh, I, I really have no problem with it. Um, when you look at him versus Lou or D'Antoni, do you guys have any particular thoughts about why you prefer Doc or might have preferred them? Emily, what do you think? Yeah, I don't have any particular thoughts because. I think maybe – I think his – he can – versus D'Antoni, I think that Doc's, like, style of play will fit in with the kind of roster that the Sixers have a little bit bit better. But like we've said a million times, the roster the Sixers have right now isn't the roster that they're going to put out on the court at the start of next season. So I don't know how much that actually matters. Um, but in regards to them, I think, like, respect-wise and, like, pedigree-wise, they're all pretty close. And it's it's nice that we're still able – to get a well-regarded coach that Philadelphia is still at least that attractive, especially I know you mentioned that he watched the game with Jeff. He had to watch the game with Josh Harris. It's like, thank God that Jimmy Butler didn't go off. Cause then he would be reminded like, Oh, you let this yeah, guy walk. Right. This is the guy. And you now you want me to work for you. That's like, would, no, yeah. He would be like, I'm done. This, <laughs> this is a dumpster fire. So that worked out nicely, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, the the only thing that scares me a little bit, and it might not actually end up mattering, but the the Clippers were very Sixersy this year, and people said it the whole year, but especially in the playoffs and after the season, it was like it seemed to you know there were like chemistry issues, and there was there was no one really defending Doc at least publicly after he was let go on that team, um, and it it kind of reminds me of um, of the comments like particularly Josh Richardson's, but we've always been kind of saying this about accountability yeah. on the Sixers this past year. Uh, and, and I think that was one thing people pointed to, especially with like a Ty Lue with how well he handled um, having, I mean, you see even this week with like LeBron and Kyrie taking like not even subtle shots at each other <laughs> in the same day on some social media. Right. Um, and, and Lou was able to handle that really well on top of being like just a good, like actors and nose coach. Uh, and so it worries me a bit that like, will Doc fix that kind of issue when he seemed to have it last year? But 
this the first time they've said that about him. So maybe it was a particularly bad fit with the Clippers this year, or maybe just a fresh voice is enough. And maybe Ben and Joel really aren't like super difficult players. It's just, you know, they heard Brett Brown's voice over and over again, and they ended up tuning him out. I mean, it could be that. So that's still kind of a concern for me, but I, there's a very good chance that it doesn't matter. So I'm, I'm still optimistic about him as a coach. Yeah. It's hard to figure out uh, Kawhi because he says so little and, and, you know, he's just not, He's not like the other sort of 1A stars in the league. And Paul George has his own sort of stuff that comes with him. And so who knows? I'm sure that, you know, if Doc was honest about it, he would say that there are things he could have done better there. And and they're like, they're a very quick experiment. Like they traded all those picks to get the two of those guys together. And like they need to win this year. So it seems like there was stuff that Doc could have done better. Like uh, everybody's talking about how he played Montrez Harrell instead of, uh, Vita Zubats, uh, and that was a mistake, and, and how Doc can really, like, start to love certain guys and just play his guys, which I think is pretty common. Every coach does coaches. that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, who know? and I think what you're saying about Ben and Joe could be true, like that uh, Joel already, like, right after Doc got hired, Joel welcomed him, and he punctuated with it with a hashtag Philly forever, which really means a lot to me personally. Um, uh, it seems like he's excited to, they said that he talked to doc before he signed and I'm happy that, yeah, right. I'm happy that he was included in that process. And, um, yeah, I think that he's, he's just has a lot of respect and there's a lot of cachet with doc and he'll have a fresh start with us. And so I don't think that anything in his history has like made him damage goods by any point. I think he has enough equity around the league that he's still really well thought of. So uh, the stuff about the roster is true. Like they need to figure that out. And um, so we'll see, but uh, I, I, yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, it's a five-year coach, a five-year deal for the coach. I've had two sips of beer for him to coach the team. <laughs> and, uh, but he will not have a front office title. Uh, so a lot of people were thinking that if doc was going to come to the Sixers as they are somewhat in flux in their front office, Maybe he would also have a uh, personnel thing. He did that with L.A. And then once he stopped being a front office person as well as coach, he did talk about not thinking it's like a good idea and not thinking that it's a very sustainable way to work. So uh, as much as I would like the non-Sixers people to run the team, I'm happy that Doc isn't going to do both. What do you guys think, Emily? Yeah, I agree. I think when you – it, you have to be like a very certain kind of person to make that sort of arrangement work. Like when you're giving the contracts to the people that are, you know, you're trying to coach and like mentor, it just, they're all, that's always in the back of your mind. And I think it's just like a, it gets really fuzzy, like very quickly. And I'm happy that to have someone who's like, just going to focus on like coaching the people that we have, not worrying about, you know, what's potentially out there. That's not his business or his problem. Yeah. and can just focus on winning games. So I'm I'm happy. Yeah, do you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, it, especially like, as soon as it starts to go wrong, the Chip Kelly comparisons would be just insufferable. Yeah. Um, but I do agree generally. It, it's a bad idea. Um, and he still should be getting, like, a lot of say in what goes on. He just yeah. shouldn't have the responsibility of directly talking contracts with players like to have that like one-on-one interaction, like let someone else do that. Doc can have input and they should absolutely listen to him because he's the only one who knows what the hell they're doing on that entire organization. <laughs> so 
he should be given like a lot of credence. Um, but I, I do think it's good to have like a, at least, you know, a few degrees of separation there uh, in yeah. terms of how that, like his interactions with the players should only be as their coach. And I think that is a positive and it doesn't really discourage me because I, I think he'll still I get a lot of say. Right. I, I think that at any coach with respect that Doc has, like, should be listened to in terms of who he wants to coach and who he really doesn't. But uh, especially since he's brand new to the team, I think it would have really set a strange precedent if he was immediately like a front office member and trading the player. I think it's weird. I would think that in, in order to do both of those, you have to be like Pop, who's been in the same place for 20 years and like really is part of the whole institution there or Belichick, like one of those sorts of people who is ingrained in the same city where I think that it, it doesn't work so much more than it, uh, it does. And Brett did it for a very small period of time. And I think he did okay at it and then quickly stopped doing it. So I think that it seems like the organization knows that that's not a great thing. Uh, Chris Paul comes up a lot when thinking about doc since uh, doc coached Chris Paul and, LA during the Lob City years and those didn't end up in a championship and they ended pretty pretty like acrimoniously. Uh, they had a bad relationship towards the end of that tenure and uh, I believe in recent months they both sort of talked about how they've mended fences and they're pretty much fine and they go golfing together. I know that after the Jacob Blake shooting in the bubble, Chris Paul like sought out Doc to help lead some of the conversations in there. So my perspective on it is that you know, they had a, like a turbulent past, but it doesn't seem like either of them would say no, like completely to the possibility of working together. Um, what do you guys think? Emily, what do you, what do you think about Chris Paul as it relates to this? Yeah, I don't think that they would necessarily like say no as a hard and fast, but I do think that Chris Paul might be a little bit more hesitant to come here, especially if they had a, like a turbulent past and they mended it you don't want to get back in that same situation mm -hmm. that made it turbulent again if that's a relationship that you value in life but at the same point if that can give you a really good shot at a ring I think that a lot of people it's really hard to turn that down so I just think it might make there have to be like a little bit some more discussions and it might take a little bit longer to decide but I don't right. think it would be like a hard and fast no kind of thing yeah Dan what about you yeah, from what you hear, it seems like Blake Griffin was especially hated on his way out of L.A. Yeah. So it's possible that, that this might sound crazy. Maybe I'm just ridiculous. But maybe the Sixers are a better environment for, <laughs> for that kind of thing to, to work out. Like maybe they don't have, you know, someone who is as difficult as him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about their, like, personal relationship. I don't think like you can. Um, I certainly don't think it definitely couldn't happen or, but like Emily, you know, could very well be right where it's like, that's something they're not really looking to get back into, even if they now respect each other and consider themselves like non-professional friends. So it's, it's hard to say, but th the one thing I would point out is that there were a lot of issues with Blake there and yeah. we don't have him. Yeah. Yet. We could always swing a trade for another big That's right. He was already traded forward. for Tobias. He was. He was. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the other thing about Chris Paul is that he's 35 and he doesn't have a ring. So I kind of would imagine that he wouldn't be too choosy about 
where he goes because I would imagine that he doesn't want to retire before he really has a shot at it. And if the Sixers end up being his shot, uh, I, I would be surprised if Doc coaching the Sixers would be what held him back from coming here. Meanwhile, he, it would be a trade anyway, but still, like, you know, agents have a lot of control in the league, so he could definitely steer that. Uh, Doc used to coach Tobias Harris. Dan, I know that you love Tobias and want to talk about how excited you are to see him in Doc's offense. So, yeah, I'll let you run with it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I, I'm really excited about this, this hire because he's already traded Tobias Harris. So it, <laughs> it seems like we're set on the right path. Plus, I mean, it was pretty evident, like, they were better after they traded Tobias. You know, they were, they were like, I think the eight seed, and then they traded him. And uh, they ended up, like, still the eight seed, but I think they had a better winning percentage without him. And then they played the Warriors really tough in the first round of the playoffs. I think they took him to six. six games, yeah. Yeah. With, so, and people, like, point to, like, oh, that was, like, when Tobias was at his best. And it's like, yeah, they had no one else on the team. The whole offense was built around him. Of course he was scoring 20 points, but that doesn't necessarily mean he was playing well. It's the same Tobias that, you know, fooled Elton Brand before. And, and you know, it, he's, he's kind of the same guy. It's not like he fell off a cliff. He's just not that good. Um, well, yeah, what it looks like is that he was shooting 43% from three that year when we acquired him. So it looks like that was more of an outlier than it was like, he's a good shooter, but he's not like that right. level of like knockdown three-point shooter. But um, Dan's excited. I'm excited. Emily, anything on Tobias? Uh, you're good. No, not that, not that Dan hasn't said. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah, excited that uh, Doc is the coach. I think that's very cool. And uh, uh, Doc, by the time you're hearing this, Doc at 1 p.m. on Monday will be introduced in a press conference that I'm sure is just going to go so great uh, with Elton Brand and him talking to the media. I'm sure Doc will uh, acquit himself very well, but uh, all of the Elton questions are going to be really fun. Um, all right. Uh, Dan, you have something. There's a rival podcast. You might have heard of it called The Rights to Richie. Rick, Richie. It's Richie Sanchez. <laughs> uh, and, and you have something that you wanted to bring up about one of their hosts, Spike X. Spike, just go ahead. All right. <laughs> All right so I got to give credit to uh, Dave Early on this one, who also writes for Liberty Ballers, also right. has a Liberty Ballers podcast called No Particular Hurry. When's that come out? Wednesdays? It's Wednesdays, yeah. Wednesdays. So. He texted this to me the other night. He sent me this video and it was, you know, Spike is, Spike Askin is um, like the head of programming at WIP. So uh, I guess Angelo or whoever's doing the morning show, it, I don't, th that whole crew had him on to, I guess, defend himself for his terrible Jimmy Butler and LeBron James takes as they were about to play game one in the finals. So he, he went on that morning um, and he had, this to say the real thing we should be worried about is not that the heat have jimmy butler and the sixers don't the real thing we should be worried about is there are three players on the heat aside from jimmy butler that if you traded ben simmons for would make the sixers better the fact that the heat have probably four players who contribute Whoa. to winning more than simmons does that's the real problem not just that it's butler who are really these stupid. four players? <laughs> All right, let's rattle them off. Myers Leonard. Um, no, so I guess you're talking about Bam and Dragic. You could. I'll give you Bam. Maybe I could. You could. You could sure. I'll give you. I'll give you Bam. Yeah. I'll definitely give you Bam. 
but the other two, no. And like Hero, or uh, that guy who looks like somebody who's in high school still. It's got to be, yeah, it's got to be two out of the three white guys. You got right. Dragic, Hero, Robinson. I don't know which two he would be talking about. Ben might, is, I mean, if you're going to go that whole take, you might as well include all three. Right. Uh, ben is so polarizing. Like, he, it feels like people get so mad about Ben on, like, either side of it. Like, you have the Ben Dietrichs who think he should never shoot, and he's, like, perfect as he is. And then there's the people who think, like, because he doesn't shoot like this, like, he's unplayable. And I just think he's really good, and he also needs to shoot. And uh, he affects winning, like, constantly. So... So all NBA player, all defense player. Yeah, he's and he's 24. So I really, you know, I don't, I don't think I agree with that. I think Ben's great. Uh, Emily, what do you think? Do you agree with Spike? No, I don't. <laughs> I, it's a hard no for me on that take. <clears throat> I didn't hear it in in like any context. To be fair, it was like a 30 second clip that Dave sent me. Yeah. But I'm not sure what context you need that would make that correct. Unless the context was, was yeah, unless the context was what I'm about to say is not true, then I don't think we need the context. <laughs> Maybe uh, they were playing they were playing that game where it's like what's one thing that if you tweeted people would know that you were in danger because there's no way you would ever <laughs> say that. And he was right. like, This is what it is. This if I tweet this, I'm in danger. Maybe that. I think he would say it though. It's true. <laughs> true. It's true. Like this didn't really shock me. Yeah. Um all right, so from Spike, we go to Keith Pompey again. Keith, waiting to hear back. Uh, he might want to come on the podcast. It's really hard to tell. Um, Keith had a report today in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, Keith has had source stuff all throughout the coaching stuff, so uh, he's really had a lot. Uh, and I'm just going to go, I have some quotes that I picked out here from Keith's article, which you can read, and uh, we can just discuss them one by one. This is from his article that came out on Sunday. Back in August, multiple league sources didn't expect Alex Rucker, the executive vice president of basketball operations, to be back next season. In addition to Rucker, assistant GM Ned Cohen and VP of strategy Sergey Oliva were also involved in the decision-making as the team relied heavily on analytics. Great. Um, but now that we're into October, the new expectation is that Rucker and Cohen are in line to remain but be out of the loop in regards to decision-making. They could just be information gatherers. Dan, what do you think about that? I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of what your own said on our pod, which is like, they might not really be the ones making calls. And, you know, he said that, you know, maybe one of those guys is really good at, at, at analytics. I don't know he said like maybe one of them's really good at something and one of them's really good at stuff i don't really care they, they should all be fired just to prove a point um, right i don't know what they do or what they look like but i don't like them at all right right uh emily what do you think i just like how part of dan's thing was he doesn't know what they look like like oh. if they were super handsome would <laughs> yeah. that make you like them yep have you heard the podcast yeah i think True. it would that was a dumb question <laughs> I don't like, I don't know them and I don't know what they look like, but no. I don't like them. If Alex Rucker was a 10, we would be fine with him staying. <laughs> oh yeah. We would be. Bring out the hands and quotient. Literally. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead. I don't, but besides that, like it all depends. Like if it is like what your own said and we, they aren't really making like decisions. They are just like really good at contracts and like, that's not this, this isn't that weird, but 
if they were making decisions and now they're just going to be kept out of the loop, like, is that going to go well? Like, you don't think they know that that's what's happening? Like, it's just going to get messy and like, there's going to be like a hostile situation in the front office. Like, if that's what you're going to do, just fire them. What do they owe these? I don't understand like how <laughs> these guys have Josh Harris by the balls to the degree that like, they just can't possibly fire them. I'm sorry. We can't like, your own, when he was on the podcast, did say, and this was like a month ago or more, he did say like he thinks that the changes we want to see have basically happened in that like Elton is making decisions, uh, but not the other guys. Um, I don't understand why you need to keep them in the building. Like they have not done a good job. Nobody in that front office has done a good job over the last, whatever, 18 months. Like I don't understand. Like an information gallery, gatherers, are they just Googling? I don't understand. Yeah, and who's... Who's leaking this shit? Like, it, it, it seemed like Elton was the one saying uh-huh. that it was, it was Cohen, right? They said it was going to be let go? Or was it Rucker? Uh, Rucker. They said <laughs> They're the same to me. Go. They're the same right, person. Sure. Right. And so, yeah, they, they were saying, you know, Rucker's going to be let go, and now they're saying he's going to stay. It's like, is Elton waffling and just telling Keith as he goes? Or is there someone else that he's telling this to who is then – but either way, it's like, unless you're sure he's gone, no one should be saying anything because, like Emily said, now they're just going to all hate each other and not trust each other. And, and it's also like they're getting ready to introduce Doc Rivers, who is like a really well thought of person and like super well liked. And, and, and the move was, was hailed in the public sphere. But like half of that press conference is going to be taken over by like, what the fuck are you guys doing in the front office? Like Elton said, change is uncomfortable, but we need to make changes and this is going to happen. And then they haven't done anything. And I'm, it's just, I guess I'm not surprised, but the fact that they haven't done this stuff before a public press conference, which is coming on Monday, like, uh, woof. Speaking of woof, the next quote from Keith's article, uh, Rivers brings a league-wide credibility not associated with a Sixers figure since Jerry Colangelo was hired as chairman of basketball operations in December 2015. Dan, what do you think he means by this? I think he means that whoever's telling him this stuff really likes Jerry Colangelo. <laughs> like, are we, are we devoid of hindsight here where we can just be like, nope, nobody loved anybody more than like the basketball public loves Jerry Colangelo. Uh, Emily, anything on, on Jerry's loving mention in this? I think, I now think that Keith, Keith like might have like a ghost writer or like someone who just sends him articles and is like hit hit submit on this like hit publish don't read it or just like gives him quotes and he's like here i wrote this for you and so he doesn't check on it and it's the it's the person that loves jerry and then they just put this stuff in the paper yeah we should say while we don't love that sentence we would love to chat with keith so none of this change i would love to know yeah like how, I want to know about his journalistic process and how he comes up with these gems like this. Like, what, why would that be included in this article, which is, like, an article all about how the Sixers are, like, fuck faces and they've been a nightmare? Great. Um, I don't know who this person is, but maybe you guys do. Anne-Marie Laughlin, the, chief, the Clippers' chief of, uh, of staff of basketball operations, has been with Rivers since his time as the Orlando Magic coach in the early 2000s. She followed him to Boston Celtics and to the Clippers. So he seems to be that he's implying that maybe Anne-Marie Laughlin would come 
to join the Sixers front office. Um, I don't, you know, she has two first names in her first name. That's about all I got. Emily? Emily. Emily. Boy, do not bring up Anne Marie Laughlin to Emily. My internet went out, so I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> are you back? <laughs> I want to my internet. Are you back? Are you back? Hey, I think. All right. It's I really, can hear you now, yeah. We absolutely need to get the answer <laughs> to this question. What do you think of Anne Marie Laughlin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I'm confused. If it's a front office position, he doesn't have any, he's not in the front office. How is he getting this lady hired? I guess he wrote a re letter of recommendation. Maybe. I'm seeing if the Sixers have even have this position now and like, who is it? And maybe that will help us know what she okay, does. Yeah, I so that's, I think of she was staff. just nominated to the Supreme Court, actually. Oh, that's her. Okay, <laughs> good. I've heard a lot good, of good things. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, I also refuse to edit the part where Emily lost her internet. I think it's very valuable. Uh, Dan, Dan, do you have any comment on this? Uh, no. Great. Um, <laughs> so the, the last thing from the article that we'll bring up is that Keith mentioned that Alvin Gentry and Sam Cassell uh, are possible assistants on Doc's staff. Uh, both of those guys would be great. I think that like, they're really well liked. Alvin Gentry was a part of the D'Antoni uh, Suns teams, and uh, he's apparently really good with offenses. I, I would think it would be super cool to have them. Sam Cassell has a chance to get a head coaching job here, so we'll see what happens. Dan, uh, those guys on the bench, what do you think? Yeah, I was excited to hear about about Gentry just because yeah. he's so highly regarded as you know a guy who's had great success with offenses and and is like supposed to be a really a really smart. Um, mind on that end of the floor, which would be great because the Sixers' offense was so boring and painful this year. It's like maybe we should bring in, and I think that was a lot of the talk with like why people wanted Dan Tony. Those who did, I was one of them. Like he's, you know, very creative, and he's kind of found ways to make some things work and try new things. And but maybe that'll be Gentry. Like maybe right. he'll, he'll be that guy who who brings some innovation and some spice on the offense from from, you know, not the head coach role and maybe he'll do a great job and get hired away. But, but it, I think it'd be really exciting to bring in a guy like him. Right. Emily. Yeah, I agree. I like, it's always good to have these like veteran coaches on the bench. And I just think, you know, we need fresh eyes. We need fresh perspectives. We need people who have done it in other places and had success to bring what they learned. Like we just need more minds, I guess, because if for some ungodly reason they can't, really change the makeup of this team we need someone creative and like basketball geniuses to try and make something work right um i think the what pete what i've read i forget where was about how uh doc being so secure in his position in the league and on the team like makes it so that he will hire people like cassell and gentry who are potential head coaches uh and not feel threatened at all by them having strong voices and them being like leading candidates, whereas someone like Brett, who might have been on more tentative footing, would be a little worried about having like a head coach in waiting on the bench. So I think that's cool. And I think that whether it's the two of them or other people, I'm sure Doc will have a really good staff. Um, uh, here's an ad.
and we're back. Um, Dan, you're judging the most likely game. Take it away. All right, here we go. Uh, all right, there's a there's a theme today. Love it. Ooh. We'll see if you can figure out what the theme is. It's uh, it's pretty hidden. All right, first question. Let Emily go first here. All right, who on the Sixers is most likely to take long showers? Hmm. Take long showers. I am going to say. Norvell Pell because he is tall and it you if you're tall then you need to take a longer shower because you have more surface area and I don't think Joel takes long showers he seems like he would be I don't yeah Joel doesn't oh no so that's my answer it's not a great answer but that's what I'm going with Emily you should have said Norvell Pell takes long showers so that he doesn't become Norvell smell Huh? Oh, <laughs> great! Missed uh, that one. Yep. Damn. Yep. Uh, I think it's Matisse Thybul. He's very well manicured gentleman, and he's well put together. I think that he loofahs. I think that uh, yeah. I think the, I think he really takes care of himself. So I'll say Matisse. And an underrated part of both of your answers here that neither of you brought up is that they both have big hair, and that might take a while to wash. So hmm. Okay. All right, I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Steve here, because you know we talk a lot about uh, we feel like you know Nor Norvell is maybe the the outdoorsy kind of guy, so I'm not sure he spends that much time you know going through the. We'll see. I don't know. We'll have right. to we'll have to ask him. All right. We'll have to ask him. We'll have to ask him. All right, Steve, you're at first. Which picture is most likely to take cold showers? Okay, I think I'm noticing a bit of a theme. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which sixer is most likely to take cold showers? Now, how do we want to take this? You know what I'm saying, girls? Um, cold showers. Oh, boy. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to use the broke off card on this one. Uh, I just think that he's a sick fuck and he likes a cold shower. So uh, that's my final answer. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with Al Horford. I think because he's old, and I think like, like it's like something good for your muscles, and also sometimes like if you wash your face with cold water, it's good. And he has really nice skin. That's true. That's a great wow. answer. I gotta give it to Emily. Mm. Yes. Okay. All right. One That's to fair. one. All right, mm -hmm. Emily, you're up first for number three. Who is most likely to prefer baths instead of showers? <laughs> I feel like I saw that question one time and I didn't use it, but I know. We're all looking at like the same Google list. Yeah. Like most likely question. I made these during football. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with. Joel, I think he probably had to get like a custom made really nice bathtub and I think that he likes to use it a lot plus he is a new dad so he might need some extra relaxing time it's a space where he could get away from like the baby for a little not that he's not involved but like if he needs to relax 
Um, so I'm going to go Joe. I like it. Steve. Okay. I think the answer is Zaire. Um, if, if you stand in the shower, it can oh. be a little slippery. It can be a little slippery. He, he would break his ankle any second. He's very, you have to be very gentle, handle with care. Zaire. He's also more compact, so he can fit into your modern day tub. Um, so yeah, I would say that Zaire uh, puts a lot of bubbles in there, and and he wraps himself in ace bandages just in case, and he gets in the bath. So that's that's what I'll say. Well, Steve, here's the thing: when there's a theme, that question might be up later. So I'm gonna give it to Emily. Oh no! <laughs> it is right, true though. Good. Showers are dangerous. I did fall in the shower once, and I had to get three stitches in my chin because I hit no it. No way! Yeah, so it is dangerous. But like the back sloping part of the shower and like cracked it open. Holy shit. I was like in third grade, but it happened. That's did you have to you went to the hospital and everything? Yeah. Wow. Have you considered just like not being so clumsy? Well, the real thing is is I thought I was being really smart and I was trying to wash my feet standing up with shampoo and so I just like put it on the bottom and tried and then I fell. Right. <laughs> nice. So I don't know if I'm clumsy or stupid. I don't know which one. Can I All tell right. a quick story? Quick yes, story. yes, yes. When I was a kid, I got a goldfish. And I had the goldfish for a few days. It was in this bowl of water. And I thought to myself, what's not good is that it's been a few days now and the goldfish has not been bathed. <laughs> so I pumped a bunch of hand soap into the tank, oh, no. killed the goldfish. Go ahead with the next question. I just wanted to <laughs> oh, empathize no. with them later. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Emily's up two to one. Ooh. Steve, you go first here. Who is most likely to shower often? Wait, I didn't hear you. Can you say that again? Who is most likely to not shower often enough? Okay. Who's most likely to not shower often? Yeah, this would have been a good ribbon for the Zaire thing because he's too fragile. Damn it. Who does not shower enough? Um, I think that the person that doesn't shower enough is Josh Richardson. I think that he's staying up late, playing Twitch games, whatever that is. And uh, he's not, his mom is saying, Josh, take a shower. And he's like, I took one on Tuesday. In my mind, he still lives at home. He's very young. <laughs> he's like 27. Yeah, whatever. Very yeah. Uh, so yeah, in my mind, Josh is like just out there having fun and playing with his friends, and and he doesn't shower a lot. All right. Hmm. I don't know the answer to this question. I'm th I'm envisioning like Adam Morrison right now. If that helps. No. Sounds like broke well, off. No. <laughs> but I think but he's too neat. And he's 30, so, like, he's a little too old for that. It's got, there's, like, a sweet spot. All right, I'm going to go Furcon. Wow. I, I don't know why. Only because he's under 25. It's definitely, if I'm going under 25, it's definitely, like, not Matisse. Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's Shake. It's not Ben. It's really a process of elimination. I don't really have a good reason, yeah. just that he's under 25. So just give Steve the points. Yeah, Steve tried harder. Two to two. Love yeah, it. I didn't even, I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> Not my finest showing. It's fine. Two to two. All right. It's all right. We're going to completely change pace with the next one and get a fresh start. Great. All right. Who is most likely to shower with their clothes still on? 
great. Ooh. Hmm. This the answer is Zaire. He wears those socks with the grippies on the bottom, I think, which would help <laughs> with the showering. He won't like if the water is too hot, he won't get burned. He has a protective layer on. So I'm gonna go with Zaire. Okay. All right. Who showers with their clothes still on? All right. I'm gonna say Ben Simmons because I think he has a lot of fancy, expensive clothes, so it doesn't matter if he messes them up or gets, so he goes into the shower with a Gucci shirt, I don't know, and uh, nice clothes, and then he washes that, and then he throws it out the window. He's very rich, and I think he has lots of exorbitant clothes. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I got that point. That's a good answer, but the grippy shoes got me. Yeah, grippy shoes. I, yeah. The grip, I mean, that's just so cool. Yeah. All right, but. But you might have a comeback on this one since you kind of already answered it. Uh, but but you said Zaire earlier, and Emily said Zaire, and we're not going to use Zaire for this one because there is a right answer, and it's not him. I'm going to tell oh. you right now. Okay. All right. Who is most likely to have a slip and fall accident in the shower like Emily did? <laughs> Who is most likely to have a – all right. All right. Um, There's only gotta, one right answer. Got to be honest, I'm thinking Zaire Smith. Um who is most likely to have a slip and fall in the shower? I, 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 oh man, I'm looking at all of them. I think it would be Joel. Um, he falls. Hey, all right. Dan yeah. smiling for the listener. He falls all the time. He falls all the time. Um, and he's a big fella. And now there, now who knows? There could be binkies on the, on the floor of the tub and, uh, so, yeah, I think that Joel is the most likely person uh, to fall in the shower. All right, Emily, let's hear it. Convince me otherwise. I don't think she's here. Emily, Emily, are you here? She's frozen in the funny spot. <laughs> my internet is really bad. That's great. I'm back. All right, did you hear my answer? I think you said Joel. I did. Did you say Joel? Okay. Yeah. What was the question again? Great. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to have a slip and fall accident and have to get three stitches in their chin, most likely? Like me. Right. Yeah. Okay. I would, if I hadn't used Joel and Steve hadn't said him, that's what I would have said because he gets weird injuries. Yeah. But I can't do that. Um, so I think this is where I'm going to play the Brokoff card. <laughs> um. I think Ryan Brokoff looks like he may just, he might think it's a good idea to wash your feet with shampoo standing in the shower. So I'm going to go with Brokoff. Yeah. It so we're tied three to three here. Great. All right. uh, it's, it's, uh, this is, this is so dumb. Um, all right. Number seven for, for, for everything. For the win. To win the Sixers shower game. Who is most likely to sing loudly in the shower? Mm. Like wake up, wake up, wake up the neighbors. I am going to go with Matisse. Am I first? It's yeah, my turn? yeah. Okay. Before I give away my answer, <laughs> I'm going to go with Matisse. He is full of joy and it radiates from him and it would probably radiate through his singing voice. I also think that from his TikToks, we know that he's like, not the most concerned about his neighbors because he like plays basketball in his apartment and things like that. So I'm gonna go Matisse. 
That's okay. Good. I'm going to say Kylo Quinn. He seems like a very jolly person on the bench and in the videos that we've seen. And uh, he's very expressive. And uh, I think that he, he definitely has a loud uh, voice that projects well. And uh, I think that he's more haphazard than, uh, than Matisse. So I, I will go with hmm. Kyle. Hmm. All right. That's, that's very close. I thought you both gave very good answers here. Thank All you. right. All right. I'm going to give it to Steve. Ah. Because he, I, I like the, uh, the loud voice thing. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but uh, it's just, that was really dumb. I'm sorry. Thank you. I, I think that might have been my first ever win. I don't know, but it felt like it. Um, the last thing we have before we get out of here, we really don't have to spend much time on this, but uh, Buddy Healed has been liking a lot of Sixers stuff on Twitter and Instagram, and it seems to be either trolling or begging to uh, be traded for. Uh, and uh, The Athletic had a piece on him uh, recently about how he's liking Sixers tweets, and it said, according to league sources, Heald has soured on uh, Kings coach Luke Walton to the point where he will not answer his coach's phone calls, which I just think is really funny. It's just like being an adult, being like, a famous basketball player and your coach wants to talk to you and you just straight up not answering. Um, Emily, any thoughts on not answering the phone or on healed liking all the Sixers stuff? Um, I think it's really funny too. I'm here for like any and all petty activities. And I like that it's being done on social media so I can see it. And I would encourage buddy healed to continue this behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a sucker for this shit. Even if I don't want the player, like I'd be fine with getting healed. But like, even like, I remember when like Le'Veon was a free agent, I was like, the Eagles better not waste their money on a running back. But he started liking those, like the tweets and stuff. And like, whatever, like he did like something on Instagram with Bryce Harper. But right. I was like, oh yeah, he wants to be here. I love it. Like, I don't get him, too. but I love it. Yeah, like Yannick Ngakwe, who's yes. a defensive end, was like posting all like Reggie White on his Instagram story. I was like, this guy wants to be an Eagle. Let's get him. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it would be funny. And I think that overall, it's a good bit to just not answer Luke Walton's calls. Um, that's basically it. Good luck to Doc Rivers tomorrow as he becomes the most well-respected executive in Philadelphia since Jerry Colangelo. Uh, good to see both of you. Uh, Emily, good luck with your internet. And uh, I think that's it. Good to see you guys. Bye, everyone. Uh, see ya. See ya. Oh, yeah.